0: Revelation chapter 9, I'll read uh, the first 12 verses, and if you're a visitor, you'll know exactly what I was talking about. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened um, of the smoke of the pit, by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither um, any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should torment them for five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, And shall desire to die. And death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses. Prepared on the battle. On their heads were as it were crowns of gold. Their faces were like as the faces of men. They had hair as the hair of a woman. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings were as the sound of chariots and many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions. There were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past. You'll see why we're only doing one woe this week. (coughs) One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter, which means they're sequential. If you've been studying along with us, we have moved from the seals into the trumpets. Last week we looked at four trumpets, I think in five verses. This week there are two trumpets in 21 verses. So way more details about these two, because there's a transition. As we looked at the seals they could be relegated to natural phenomenon, even by, you know, somebody who just, hey, there's always been war, there's always been famine, whatever. As you get to the trumpets, it becomes a little more supernatural, but still a third of the trees, all of the grass, a third of the oceans polluted, you know, meteors or, you know, asteroids hitting, whatever it is. But as we get to the last three trumpets, we cross a line from the natural to the supernatural, from the tangible to the spiritual, from a plague on the environment to a spiritual plague on humankind. And what we see really uh, is unthinkable. John says nine times, it was as this. It was like this. It kind of looked like this. He doesn't even have the vocabulary to explain clearly. <clears throat> He's just telling us the impressions that he sees. Now, you have to understand the context as we look at this, because we know God is good, as Psalm 73, Asaph tells us. But he says, but we see the prosperity of the wicked, and we ask the question, well, how can be God be good if this is going on? Now we see the opposite. We know that God is good, but now we're seeing the suffering of the wicked. But as suffering so unimaginable, we think the same thing. God, if you're God God of love, how can this be going on? Verses 20 and 21 now give us the context of these judgments. It says, and the rest of the men, because we're going to find out the next third of mankind died. A fourth of mankind died under the fourth horse. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now a third of the men that are left die. So we're down below half of mankind. I don't know how many were raptured. Uh, I don't know how many have been martyred. But now the next third disappears in these judgments, dies. But it says, but the remainder, the rest of the men, were less than a half of the population of the world today. The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, look. Yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons. The very things that are tormenting them are demons, but they worship the things that torment them. That they should not worship demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. That's the first table of the law, our relationship to God in Moses' law. Second table is our relationship to our fellow man. Verse 21. Neither repented they of their murders, of their sorceries, nor of their sexual sin, nor of their thefts. So there's our context. The context is that the Lord is still trying to get the hearts of men and women to turn to him. He's not just obliterating here. There's a a limit placed on the torment. Five months, and then it has to end. Uh, There is the next fourth of the world's population lost in this. Not all the rest of the world. We're going to see another angel fly around the entire planet preaching, it says, the everlasting gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every people. (laughs) And then it's going to tell us, chapter 16 of Revelation which is finally bringing us to Armageddon and we're under the wrath of God at this point in time and it talks about the sun burning the skin of men with great heat and it says they blasphemed the name of God then it talks about the darkness and the pain that goes with they gnaw their tongues and they blaspheme the God of heaven then it talks about the great hail that falls upon them every hailstone about a hundred pounds and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. So even then, when wrath is poured out, and human beings understand that it's coming from the Lord, instead of falling down and saying, Lord, forgive me, three times it tells us they blaspheme the name of God. They, They raise their fists to the sky, and they curse the name of God. And so God is moving slowly through all this, saying, look... I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Peter tells us it's it's his will that all men should repent and be saved and that none of them should perish. And that's the heart of God. So even in these days when the, the day of the Lord has finally begun and he's finally moving in miraculous ways, the hearts of men are still remaining hard. It's unimaginable to me. Refusing to fall down and ask for forgiveness. And he is brokenhearted over that. That's the God that we know and that we love and that we serve. And again, as we go into this, look, this could be two years from the rapture out after of this afternoon. This could be two years away. could be three years away. It could be three and a half. could be four years away. We don't know. When we, when we look at these things chronologically, it seems very evident that the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the seals are open in the first half of the tribulation, first three and a half years. It seems clear that the bowls of God's wrath are poured out in the second three and a half years. And it seems that these trumpet judgments may span the end of the first three and a half years and the beginning of the second three and a half years. hard to be dogmatic, but they certainly sequentially are between the seals and the bowls of God's wrath. Begins by telling us this, it says, and the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. John says, I saw this star fall from heaven. He had talked about the stars falling in chapter 6. He had talked about that in chapter 8, but this star is vastly different because he says to him, he gives a masculine personal pronoun. This star, this has that has fallen, is a is a a personage, it's a being. Um, he says, I saw a star. King James doesn't make it clear when it says I saw a star fall from heaven. It's in the perfect tense, and it's I saw a star having fallen from heaven. John didn't see the fall. He said, When I looked and saw this spiritual being, he had already fallen. Some try to say, well, this is Satan, because Isaiah 14 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning? Jesus tells us in Luke's Gospel, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. We're not sure if this is the enemy himself, Satan, or if this is a principality and power. But whoever it is is under authority, because to him is given the key. He doesn't have the right to it. Chapter 1, we see Jesus in verse 18 with the keys of hell and death in his own hand. Here, one of these keys is used to open Hades, the abuso, the bottomless pit. And the person that does that, this fallen angel, whoever it is, is under his command because the key is given to him. It can't happen till then. So the bottomless pit here, this place, it says, Um, it's mentioned seven times in the book of Revelation and then two other times in the New Testament. When Jesus is casting the demons out of the demoniac and the Gadarenes, the demons in two Gospels say, don't send us into the abyss. Same word, the bottomless pit. They were aware that there was a place of torment for demonic or satanic beings, um, it is not hell. Uh, Gehenna, properly hell, we don't see instituted till Revelation chapter 20. We do have a place the Bible speaks of in the New Testament. Most of the time, when it says hell, it's Hades, which is a place of torment for the lost, temporarily till it says Hades itself is thrown into hell the lake that burns with fire and out of darkness where the worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, eternally unimaginable to me. There is a place below called Tartarus. Peter tells us specifically that's a place where fallen angels are bound, not demons, not lost souls. Hades itself seems to be the place where lost souls are today. And this abyss, the the Greek word means bottomless. So it's called the bottomless pit. And it's telling us somewhere there's a shaft to the bottomless pit. You don't want to fall in there. This is the worst sinkhole in the world. You definitely, look, is that physical? I, I don't know, possibly... It takes a spiritual key to open it, whatever it is. Ancient rabbis said there was a place of torment in the center of the earth. Bless you. Uh, the the look the uh, the only place you can have a bottomless pit is the center of a sphere, because every direction is a ceiling. You can't go down from there. You can only go up. So it's an interesting idea that in the center of the earth, there's this compartment. And this fallen angel is given the key, no doubt by the Lord, to open the shaft to that place. Nobody down there is happy, by the way. And he opened the bottomless pit, verse 2, and there arose a smoke Out of the pit, Green New Deal is gone at this point in time. (laughs) And the smoke, and he says it was as the smoke of a great furnace. Now, interesting, not coincidental, the only other place in all the Bible you have the smoke of a great furnace is Genesis 19.28, when the Lord incinerates Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says, Abraham looks and he sees... Sodom and Gomorrah, and the smoke that went up was like the smoke of a great furnace. The reason why is it tells us in June, Jude, verse 7, that they were suf- suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, what ascends out of this, this, you know, demonic, satanic, you know, hellian soot that comes up in this is from eternal fire. Uh, That's why you know these are not normal locusts. They don't have their larva uh, down in the oven and so forth. He opened the bottomless pit. There arose smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. Lotus, look, please. The sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And it's going to tell us that it's global. It's not just in some area geographically in the world the the air everywhere is darkened before the sun was actually darkened the luminaries now the cause of the darkness is coming from the earth inside the earth you know again a, a volcano will go off and it'll change weather and cause soot in the air for 2 years whatever this is man it really opens up the door and this black smoke comes out the sun and the air are darkened by reason of that smoke and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given so they ha- don't have their they have they're under authority was given power as scorpions of the earth have power, and it was commanded them so they're under god's authority being commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth. Now, take note of that, because under the first trumpet, it says a third of all of the green trees and all of the green herbage of the earth had been burned up. So there's a time sequence here. The grass has regrown, and it says, they were commanded that they should not hurt herbage, the grass, or anything green or any tree, These are not typical locusts, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So we know from chapter 7 there's 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams with the seal of God in their forehead. We know in chapter 7 there's an innumerable multitude that have been martyred and have come out of this time period. This plague of locusts may be in the second half of the great tribulation when Satan and the Antichrist in chapter 13 are causing men to get a mark in their foreheads maybe he's promising them safety if they'll bow down and worship him we don't know but these creatures are commanded you're not going to kill don't kill because that's what they would do don't kill what you can do is you can torment, you can sting. And you're going to be able to do that for five months, but you can't touch anybody who has a seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, the men, but that they should be tormented for five months... Five months, it's the time the flood was on the earth in Noah's day. Um, Normal life of the locust, May to September in that part of the world is five months. I don't think that has anything to do with this. They're given five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and they shall desire the word there means to have longing to have thirst to hunger after something they have longing to die and death shall flee from them job said this in his suffering wherefore is light life the idea is given to him that is in misery and the life unto the bitter soul which long for death and yet it cometh not, Job, in his suffering, which doesn 't compare to this, suffering, said, "Lord, why is it? You know what 's the point of giving breath to an individual when they 're longing for death? You know And in this scene, you know for five months there's torment on the earth by these creatures. Listen to me carefully when I say this: they are not helicopters. I had the helicopter question twice after the last service. They're helicopters because you can see in the front of the helicopters a face like a man, and you can see on the helicopter hair like a woman, and you can see on the helicopter, uh, you know, they got uh, stingers on the back, stinger missiles, or you can see on the helicopter they look like horses. And helicopters come out of the Abuso in the smoke and the torment from the center of the earth. You know, uh, helicopters are only allowed to hurt people for five months. We, these, these are not helicopters. You know, here's the re- you know, we're, in our rational minds, this is so far beyond what we've ever seen or imagined that we try to fit human understanding on top of it. Oh, the great star of the fell, that must be a nuclear detonation. You know, oh, these must be helicopters. And and people I know and love try to do that, put it into some category of modern warfare. I don't see that. I don't see that. If you just take it for what it says in the greek the language is saying this is what they were that well yeah well they look like this nine times they were kind of as this and they look like that but it says they were some kind of creature that could be commanded there's some kind of creature that presently is bound in the center of the earth there's some kind of creature when they come out they want to kill but they're not allowed to they can only sting and they can only do that for 5 months there's Some kind of creature that has a king over them, Abaddon and Apollyon. They're not helicopters. Okay? You good Good with me? We're not helicopters. Okay, just. So these things come out of the earth. Um, they look like locusts. They're not literally locusts. Nobody ever saw a locust like this. Look. In chapter 16, there's three demon spirits released from the Euphrates, and it says they look like frogs. Here, these give a different appearance, uh, and, and as they're released, it doesn't tell us how big they are. Are they as big as horses? I'm glad I ain't going to be here. <laughs> are they only a foot long? Are, you know, you know, I was reading all about scorpions last night. My mind goes there. You know, and the largest one in the world is about seven inches long. Uh, what if these are seven inches long? It says that their their wings sound like chariots and horses running, and it says they come out of the darkness, out of the smoke. Imagine. Hearing this noise coming up behind you out of the dark. And you turn around, there's a thing with the face of a man and the teeth of a lion and the hair of a woman. <laughs> coming up, coming up behind you. Just you know, you're gonna dream about this tonight. I mean, this is terror. Just try to imagine what this is like. And it's almost like the Lord saying, Is this really what you want? It says these days are going to be days such as the world has never seen or ever will again. This is worse than the days of Noah because in Noah's blood you at least drown. In this picture you pray for death for five months and it flees you. You Try to commit suicide. Doesn't work. You cut your wrist. Doesn't work. Shoot yourself. Doesn't work. For five months death flees. You stay alive. And God is saying is this really what you want? Do you want this for eternity? I died for your sins on the cross. Everyone that's going to be in heaven deserves this. Everyone that's going to be in heaven is there because they're forgiven through my sacrifice. Do you really want this forever and ever and ever? For five months, the Spirit of God can plead with them. They can beg for death, but death won't come. <clears throat> he gives us now the appearance of them, beginning in verse 7. He describes them in greater detail. <clears throat> it says, and the shapes of the locust were like, kind of like, as he's, tr- he's trying to put into human language, they were kind of like unto horses prepared for battle with the, the armor on the horse and so forth. And on their heads were, they weren't crowns, but it was as it was. Something on their head looked like crowns of gold. And their faces were not the face of men, but they were as the face of men. They kind of had a human humanness to their face, which would freak me out. <laughs> They were as the faces of men, and, and their hair was like the hair of a woman that was long hair on each of them, Conan, the little barbarians, you know. And their teeth were like the teeth. They weren't teeth of lions, but they were as the teeth of lions. Imagine these things coming out of the dark in your bedroom. <laughs> you know, this, this face. Now look, and they can't hurt you with their teeth only with their stings, with their tails, like a scorpion. And it says those stings have torment. They say there's about 2,500 different kinds of, this is just free information, you'll really be interested, about 2,500 different kinds of scorpions around the world. Most of the most deadly ones are in Mexico, northern South America. Uh, Most adults won't die from a scorpion sting. Some with allergies will, little children might. Uh, Most of the time it's just really painful, and some of the most painful ones, about 12 different species in Israel and in the Middle East. And the pain just goes on and on. Roman soldiers, I have a book that's just on the legions and so forth, written by a Roman commander in the third century. You know, some of our uh, special ops, Our SEAL Team 6, Delta, some of our Special Forces guys still use the manual that Roman soldiers used to train their special ops. And the ones that were going to be in this part of the world, Israel, North Africa, that were training to be in those special commando units, at some point while they were sleeping or while they were standing, an officer would shoot an arrow through their leg Or if they were sleeping, come up and plunge a dagger into their thigh. Because it was comparable to the pain of the scorpions in that part of the world. And if you were in one of these special units, you had to be able to take that pain and not shriek and not cry out. Because you give away your position to the enemy. Imagine your hubby coming home. Look, honey, I've got my arrow. You know, the Navy SEALs said they pounded on the chest with those spikes, but then, then you got the arrow. I'm in. You know, just the pain that was because some of those soldiers would get stung by a scorpion and then within an hour start to cry out because the pain will get greater and greater in intensity. So they have these faces like men. They got hair like women. They got teeth like lions. They, 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 they kind of look like horses with armor on. And it says, and they had breastplates, as it were, kind of like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots and many horses running to battle. Imagine that sound coming up behind you in the dark. Imagine that. Look. Read Joel, chapters 1 and 2. Joel sees a vision of literal locusts, a plague that's coming, but then he also sees to the day of the Lord, and he talks about the, the, the locusts that are like horses, and you hear them like horses and chariots. He sees glimmers of this same thing, Joel chapter 1 and 2. And then lastly, he says here, they have these stingers. And they had tails kind of like scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. So try to imagine this. Uh, You know, we we can't. That's why people say, well, it must be helicopters. Because, no, no, these are really weird demonic creatures that come out of a hole in the ground somewhere. And I'm glad the key's not down here now, aren't you? Hold that key off, Lord, till we get to heaven, please. You know, and, and just imagine, God is saying, all right, you know, you, all of these things that have happened in the natural, you want to rationalize them? Rationalize this. And the border starts to be crossed between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Now this starts to come on humanity. And the purpose of it is still to turn the hearts of men and women to himself. He says that here. It says, now these creatures have a a king over them. It tells us here in verse 11, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Imagine that. There's one down there, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, destruction. And in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon, the destroyer. Destruction, the destroyer, this angelic being who is the king over these creatures. Again, not locusts, because in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27, it says, The locust hath no king, and yet they move forward as one. But it specifically tells us the creature itself has no king. The miracle is the way a whole swarm of locusts will move. Without a leader here, these creatures have a king over them: Abaddon, Apollyon. Verse twelve it says, "Woe and woe! The one woe is past. Behold, here's the good news. There come two woes more hereafter, which speaks of sequence. Imagine this. And again, you, you look at it and you think, Lord." It's hard for you and I if our child is sick, if someone betrays us, we lose somebody to COVID, um, cancer, um, we're abused as a child. There's, There's things that happen in the lives that we live here in this world and we're left taking a step back and saying, like A7, Psalm 73, Lord, I know that you're good. I'm having a really hard time reconciling the suffering I'm presently experiencing with you when you tell me that you love me. Here, imagine these creatures coming and the Lord still loves these lost people And he doesn't just obliterate them. He allows this to go on for five months, this torment. And it says, and yet, they didn't repent. The rest of the men that survived all this did not repent of their idolatry, of their worship of demons. They didn't repent of their murder, Jesus said the last days would be like the days of Noah. The earth was filled with violence. It tells us the second horse, the red horse, when he rode forth, he was given power to take peace from the earth. Not just in the realm of war, certainly, but t- he takes peace itself from the earth. And murder and killing, one of the major things happening during this man's hatred, even towards his fellow man. Murder it, it tells us here, then it says sorcery, pharmakia, pharmakos in the Greek. We get pharmacy from it. If you're involved, drugs, smoke and pot, hash, glue, uh, LSD, heroin, prescription drugs, whatever it is, the Bible says that's sorcery. And there's other words that the Bible can use for witchcraft. It's translated witchcraft in Galatians. There's other words it could use. But look, the average person doesn't get involved in sorcery uh, by putting a pentagram on their living room floor and sacrificing chickens at home. The average person, unbeknown to themselves, gets involved in a realm where they're conscious of things that God doesn't want the human being to be conscious of. The average human being finds themselves in this realm through, in the, even then with psychedelic drugs and mushrooms and so forth, getting into this realm through the use of drugs. Using drugs here today, the Bible says it's sorcery. And this goes all the way back to ancient Babylon, the, the mixtures that they would make and the drugs they would take, and the American Indians with peyote and so forth. And it's sorcery. They didn't repent of that. Imagine during this time. It says they didn't repent of their fornication, which is any sexual activity outside of marriage, Wh- whatever you know barrier it crosses, it doesn't matter and of their thefts. So it's interesting, the first verse 20 speaks about their relationship with God. They wouldn't turn from worshiping idols and demons and so forth. That's the first table of the law. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Verse 21 speaks about the second table of the law, which is man's relationship with his fellow man. And in that realm, there was no Repentance. And I think the Lord says, look at this, you know, to at least this generation. Again, I think to us today, how far away is this? If the rapture happens today, this could be two years from now. It could be three years from now. It could be four years from now. How many people do you know that may suffer for five months begging death to come and not experiencing it. How many people are within our sphere of influence that are lost, that are hopeless, that don't know what to do with this pandemic and with the economy and with this dark world? Suicides are up everywhere. Because men, when they suffer and they don't understand, would rather end quote unquote, end life, then continue to live. They don't realize that that doesn't end life. It just casts it into eternity. You you continue to live without your physical frame. For you and I, look, great exhortations. You read this and you kind of go rut row and it's good to take personal inventory lord this needs to look since the pandemic started last year did we ever think we would be where we are in one year and it's caused all of us to take personal inventory lord i thought this was important it ain't important i thought this was really important it ain't important lord what's important i need to be reading my bible i need to be in your presence lord i need to be seeking you i need your holy spirit that's all good This causes us to take inventory now. This should cause us again to want to reach out to our lost loved ones and friends and tell them the truth because these things are ahead. They should make us in a a very difficult way, though, but see that our God is still a gracious God. Even under these horrible circumstances, he's not obliterating. He doesn't do this. He says these creatures, don't kill them. You torment them. Don't kill them. And how many will turn to Christ during this time? We don't know. We don't know. There's multitudes saved out of the tribulation period. Innumerable. Many of those are martyred, by the way. But no doubt there's some who encounter these things and fall to their knees and scream out to the living God. But he says, yeah, but look. People didn't repent. By and large, the human race is is angry at God. How interesting. You know, I hear Jesus tell the parable of the sower, and he, and he talks about the tares and the weed. I often wonder, What's, what, what are tares? What are tares, you know? Again, I remember years ago, Larry King, when he used to have the show, and he'd have Billy Graham on once in a while. I think he really admired and respected Billy Graham. And he said to Billy Graham, he said, you think, Billy, you know, you think things are worse than they've ever been? He said, he said, I think, Larry, things are worse than they've ever been and things are better than they've ever been. He said, well, how can that be? He said, because the Lord says in the last day he's going to send his angels into the harvest and he's going to gather the tares and the bundles and burn them in eternal fire and he's going to gather the wheat into the barns. And he says, and right now, we're closer to that we've ever been. So he said, the tares <clears throat> are riper than they've ever been, so things are worse than they've ever been. And the wheat is riper than it's ever been, so things are better than it's ever been. And Larry said, all right, well, let's move on to the next, you know. because kind of give you the heebie jeebies of Billy Graham laying that on you, you know, uh, if you're not saved. So, you know, the, the picture here still is filled with God's grace. because It's hard for us to see that, but it is there. And, uh, and he wants John to write it down and get it to us and say to us, look, kids, sons, daughters, bride, I will do everything I can possibly do to turn the hearts of men and women to myself. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I don't want to see anybody lost. And you have to understand these things that are coming. Really hard and difficult things. But you need to understand who I am. I have not changed. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's a governor on that. The key is given. They are commanded. It is given to them to do this. There are limits placed on it. Five months. Death, you stay back. You're not allowed to come. And in all of that, it says they were God, the Lord's going to say, I did everything I could do, and they repented not. They still refused to turn. When you get to chapter 16, it's mind-blowing there. Mind-blowing there. But today, here we are. You can go home and think about how big are they. <laughs> you can dream about them tonight, coming out of the dark, This sound, you know, like, uh, you know, chariots. You turn around, there's a human face there smiling at you with lion's teeth and women's hair. And then you say to yourself, ain't no helicopter. The Lord gives us the vision. He gives us the picture. He, you know, and, uh, you know, the greatest teacher is the teacher that turns ears into eyes, you know, and he puts this in front of us uh, to see. Let's let's go let's go preach the gospel to this unsaved lost world. Amen. Let's how many people in this city are going to be in this picture? It's it's unthinkable, unthinkable. But we have the lifeline to throw to them. Again, <clears throat> all we can do is bring Christ to men. Only God can bring men to Christ. But we'll do our part in this. Amen. Let's stand. Let's pray. Singing a song will be delightful after this. And uh, read ahead, and I hope you'll come back next week, but read the rest of the chapter. (laughs) Father, we thank you for these things, and and in, in some ways we're trying to figure out how we can be thankful for these things. But you're all wise, and you place them before us, Lord. Let them be fuel on the fire of our hearts, Lord, in regards to this lost world. You say that you saved us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we are so thankful from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of your dear son. And we look, Lord, at this picture and we we think this is closer to us than any generation of the church who's ever lived. And, Lord, we think of moms and dads and sons and daughters and classmates and people we work with and we care about and friends that are unsaved, Lord. That, Lord, we know if they don't turn to you, could face some of these things, Lord. Let us have boldness, Lord, in these last days. Paul says he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Lord. Let us live that out, Lord. And we think of how the apostles sought you and asked for boldness to share the news of your holy child, Jesus. And it said the place where they were was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, shake us and fill us afresh, Lord. Give us great boldness in these days while the door is opened. Lord, we look to you and we pray in your son's name. Amen.